Hey guys, you are listening to Spirit Ninjas Spiritual AF Podcast, episode number 19. That's one niner. Yeah. Yeah, today we have a very special guest, Senor David Hoffmeister. Yes, so David Hoffmeister has actually been somebody that Bart's been super into and following and learning from for years now. He's kind of a big deal. He's kind of a big deal. And so he's on our podcast right now. And we're so excited to share. Yeah, this conversation was legit. So I'm telling you people, <laughs> you need to listen because there's some mind-blowing stuff. And my God, it's going to make a difference in your life. Yeah, so stay tuned. Hey, you just turned into the Spirit Ninja's Spiritual as f- Podcast. The show that aims to inspire, uplift, and questions everything. And now your hosts, Bart Rigel and Holly Emerson. (laughs) So, David, I just wanted to say uh, thank you so much for being here with us. We appreciate you so, so much and uh, that you're you're here with us. Mm -hmm. Thank you. It's very exciting to talk to you. (laughs) Oh, thanks for inviting me. I was thrilled with this. I had a whole group of invitations that came in and... So I'm so happy to be here on your show. Fantastic. And David, maybe uh, for our audience that uh, might be new to your work, uh, can you give us a little bit of background on your story and kind of, you know, how you came to to teach the course and everything that you do today? Yeah, yeah. I think like yourself, Bart, I had uh, leanings towards science and uh and a mind that was very much inquiring and kind of a, a scholarly kind of mind to be very thorough. And I was in university for 10 years from 1976 to 1986 at the University of Cincinnati. But I was always exploring and asking those questions. So it wasn't didn't surprise me that I would end up going through philosophy and social sciences, psychology, because I did feel like uh, intuitively the answers that all of us are seeking are within us, but we we need to be very open-minded and, and really use all the tools and encounters that we have. So I was doing a lot of deep questioning of the, like the ontological questions and issues for years. And then um, after about 10 years of university, as I was working on my master's uh, degree and thesis, that's when A Course in Miracles uh, came into my life. And so that was like a, a fast track uh, to really go inside and start to get in touch with the inner voice, that small, still inner voice that all of us have, the intuitive voice. And um, when I got into it too, I, I know, Bart, I read that you were raised in the Catholic uh, tradition. I was raised in a, a Protestant uh, Christian tradition and I, when I was in university, I was really getting into all types of Eastern philosophies and, and ideas, and my mind was opening so much when I was in university, but just from meeting people and, and working with people from all over the world, it was a beautiful symbol that way. And then the course came, and it had uh, uh, the main language vernacular uh, in the course is, is Christian, and, and then also uh, education and psychology. So there I was, in having studied graduate psychology, being raised Christian, and very much in education for the for ten years. I, I felt it was speaking my language, and also I think I was really super ready 
because uh, people have told me like when when I picked up the course, it's as if I I knew it already and that the course was reflecting where my level of readiness was. So I really didn't have difficulty with the course at all. It was almost like an answer to a prayer coming in in a language that was perfectly suited to me. Mm-hmm. So that that's a quick synopsis of how I kind of got into spirituality. And then over the de- last three decades, uh, it's just been following that intuitive voice. And what a ride. What an adventure <laughs> it has been. They <laughs> just no knock your socks off, <laughs> knock your shoes, your boots, your socks off. And and uh, and yet I wouldn't have traded anything. I, I have thoroughly enjoyed every single step of the way. So it's been quite a quite a dismantling of the ego and quite a, a soaring into joy and happiness. It's amazing. I mean, you know, following you, it's been uh, it's been incredible just like seeing uh, everything that you've uh, been able to achieve and accomplish. You know, you're you've written numerous books, you've traveled the world, you, you put on retreats everywhere. And, you know, more most importantly, I mean, you uh, make such a big impact in people's lives and create, you know, peace. Um, it's it's really amazing. Yeah, it, it certainly was nothing that I ever saw coming because I was very shy in uh, grade school and all the way through junior high, high school, and really into to uh, undergrad and, and graduate school. I was so shy that when I my heart opened up, uh, I I was probably the most surprised as anybody. And and believe me, the people around me were quite surprised too. <laughs> like, what has gotten into you, and what has taken over you? You seem to be uh, just taken in a whole new direction. So, and I do find that once we discover that happiness, that wellspring of happiness, that that is our life's calling. That's God's will for us to be perfectly happy. And then when we radiate that and extend that, it's almost just like called witnesses. We, since the world is just a reflection of our, our unconscious uh, thoughts and beliefs, and as we become more fully conscious of, of the happiness and joy, then um, it started to seem very, very uh, natural, like it was the most natural thing that could, could ever happen. But I certainly didn't see, see it coming. Yeah, and I, I love that uh, idea how, and we talk about this from time to time too, just this idea that everything around us is a reflection or a mirror of something that's within us. Mm-hmm. You yes. know, so when you start radiating that joy, well, the world just brings you more opportunities to experience that joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It it feels like that's that's part of the convincing job that the spirit has, really, to to help us weed out and clear out all of these beliefs in unworthiness, um, these beliefs that we're not good enough, that we're not deserving of love and happiness. And uh, as Carl Jung called it, the shadow, this unconscious mind is deep and dark. And uh, it helped me to, to work with A Course in Miracles because it would use words describing how how dark uh, this uh, egoic belief system was. And I remember the first time I, I was reading the Course in the later chapters, and it, it described our self-concept, the concept that is made up or make-believe, as two-tier. 
and the top tier is Jesus called it the face of innocence, and then the bottom tier is what was so dark and uh, so black that he said that the lower part was was draped with sin, even though we have a different perception of sin now than than mm-hmm. we were growing up. Still, sin, even if we call it error, it's just draped with error. And um, the, the, the top tier is the personality self, and it's wet with tears at the injustices of the world, and it's just what we're in touch with, but it covers over a very dark aspect of the mind. And yet, um, I, the message is always, be of good cheer, we're going to raise this darkness up, we'll raise it to the light, and perfect love cast out fear, and you know, this is our whole purpose for this world is to heal and Mm -hmm. become whole and remember ourselves as a perfect, innocent child of God. And so for me, I was like, okay, I'm all in. I will, (laughs) I'm going all the way with this. I'm not going to go half-hearted, but I don't know if I really knew what I was really asking for (laughs) when I was saying, okay, let's uncover this unconscious mind. You know, I, it was quite a prayer. Yeah. So going back to the whole concept of um, like the two tiers that you were you were describing there, how would you recommend for people to like address that to get beyond what, you know, as Carl Jung calls the shadow? Like, how do people actually step out of the shadow and heal that shadow into the light? So shedding the ego and stepping into more of that flow that you're talking about? Yeah, well, I think. Too, what I saw on your website was just the opening to your soulmate. That is no small thing because relationships are mirrors. And when you come together uh, with such a dedicated purpose, um, I would say that that is part of the fast track of, of clearing out the unconscious mind, of clearing that shadow. Mm -hmm. And when people have asked me, you know, can you give us a hint? Like what would be the (laughs) fastest, the absolute fastest way to clear away the shadow? And I would say, well, a relationship, a dedicated, devoted relationship, dedicated to purpose and to spiritual awakening and a practice of silence um, put together with that relationship. Uh, those two together are, uh, that's like really the yin and the yang. That's really bringing the agents of, of healing into a a speed up that Mm. is amazingly quick, but also it, it has, uh, enormous, um, temptations, uh, the temptation to project when you have a meditation practice and you have a, a partnership that's dedicated to spirit can be absolutely, enormous and many people tell me it just it can like rip the relationship apart but actually if it's a very strong dedicated relationship i do feel that is the fast track because you move quicker into true empathy into hearing those calls for love into really hearing what the cry is underneath not the words on the surface or the emotions that get expressed on the surface through the top tier but Mm -hmm. but what really is underneath is this really this call for love that is so strong and so deep so that's what i would say is the fast track Mm -hmm. i like that yeah and i'd like to add that uh you know when it comes to relationships i I think a lot of the um 
like we're not talking about necessarily like a perfect relationship. I mean, at the beginning, things can be rocky. And in fact, that's part of this process of awakening because all those dark things, all those dark beliefs are being brought up to the surface. Mm -hmm. So, and you're witnessing that within your partner. So when you see that perspective, that that's actually uh, an act of grace because that's being shown to you, that that is actually part of, you know, some belief that's within you. And Mm -hmm. then through that and through that meditation practice, through the presence practice, that's where it gets healed. But it's tough. It's tough at the beginning. Yeah, Yeah. it took me years. You know, I I had so many failed relationships and it really was, you know, such a reflection of where I was at as an individual. You know, you talked about, you know, like the self-worth, self-love. I'm a huge advocate of of deepening self-love and self-worthiness because for me, that was very fundamental to to my path. You know, I couldn't break through those relationships previously because I was just too stuck in, you know, my own lack of self-love. And it wasn't until I I realized that it was my projections to my outer world and attracting and seeing my my world through that lens. um, And that was the cause. And then shifting that made such a difference like shifting into more self-love and self-worthiness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. That's like mm-hmm. the key that once you have that experience that it's coming from from within your mind and your consciousness, then then it seems like that turns the key on everything. Everything mm-hmm. can then be used in a helpful way for the first time, away from just thinking there's an external cause that's or that you're unlucky or that you're a victim. You know, the, those old ideas and thoughts have to be be released so that's just amazing to hear that yeah but then it's also like oh damn now i have to be responsible for myself (laughs) (laughs) which is a whole other level but it's also beautiful (laughs) yeah yeah there's a bit of a weight around responsibility but i do i find that that's one of those key topics that uh yeah it's responsibility isn't really about fault finding but it is just about uh, raising things up to see the blessing that's mm-hmm. there, that's always been there. So it's it's good. Sometimes people, when they think of responsibility, then they they take it in a very dark way, almost yeah. like, oh great, now I've got a reason to be guilty. But that's really not the that's not our sole responsibility. We're here to heal and be happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love what you said there about raising it up to see it as a blessing. That's mm-hmm. great. I'm gonna I'm gonna and use I that. Think, <laughs> I think this is a, a bit of a it can be a bit of a trap as well because I think at the beginning it's really easy to project all those like the anger, the blame on some something or somebody else, right? It's all external. It's all happening to me. And then when you start taking the responsibility or start on this path, then you realize that, okay, well, I've created all this. Then that means that I'm somehow responsible for, well, what you are responsible for it. But then you start blaming yourself and then there, you create additional guilt. So there's like this extra layer so I think we have to be kind of careful of, um, yes, we need to take responsibility for it, but from a place of inf- empowerment and not a, yeah. a place of um, further guilt and more fear. Yeah, that's very good because it's. I always tell people it's if you can reel it back into your mind, that's just a, a first step. You quickly have to hand it over to the spirit, to the light, because otherwise uh, it, it just is daunting. It, it just feels like uh, you're taking two steps back. Mm-hmm. So 
that's a very key point and and I feel like as we move along we just stay open to the spirit showing us the way but we have to build on our our, our successes we have to just like mm-hmm. with children learning they you have to build on your successes build your confidence and grow more empowered like you just said and see it all from an empowerment uh, perspective not at all from a sense of uh, trying to make anyone guilty including yourself you know mm-hmm. that simply will go nowhere mm-hmm. so true mm-hmm. i love that uh something that we wanted to uh talk about was uh you know this idea of christ consciousness like what the heck is it and why do we <laughs> even want it yeah well you know even those words can can be confusing christ consciousness together in a course in miracles uh Jesus tells us that uh, consciousness is the domain of the ego, uh, that the consciousness was the first split in the mind. So once you look like if Christ is unconditional agape love and Christ, not so much just the man of Jesus, which was this the symbol or the demonstration, but, but this divine pure idea of love, what does that have to do with consciousness? And actually, it takes a, a lot of conscious, you could almost say clearing of consciousness, emptying of consciousness, coming to be completely, fully awake or fully conscious, I would say, to come to forgiveness, to start to transcend this whole realm of consciousness, because consciousness has levels. We all know from reading about this, the 60s and, and you know, raising consciousness and whatever, There's it's implied there's... There's definitely levels of consciousness, whereas this beautiful Christ idea, not not even a man, Jesus, Christ is neither male nor female, but just this beautiful, pure idea of divine love is, is literally beyond consciousness. So um, I think the most important thing, when I hear the words Christ consciousness, I hear that there's a desire to be who you truly are, to know thyself, to wake up to reality. And and let's not skip over consciousness either, because as long as we have a belief in ego or the belief in in uh, time, even um, instead of eternity, then we have to work with consciousness. That's that's like our it may be the domain of the ego, but that's where we have to do the inner work of bringing all this darkness to the light. And I don't I'm not a fan of skipping over just trying to use a a, a mantra or an affirmation and pretend that all is love and light mm. and, and good, you know, you, that doesn't really help. Uh, mm. You really need, if you've got a, a positive uh, field of affirmations that are covering over a dark, uh, uh, buried set of beliefs, then you need to clear out those dark set of beliefs before you can actually experience those affirmations and ideas on a a consistent basis. Mm, Yes, I like the way you you put that. I totally agree with you. I think a lot of people are stuck on those affirmations. And, you know, our world says, think positive and recite positive affirmations. And Bart and I say this all, all the time where, you know, you can do that till the cows come home. But you know, if if it is just covering up those dark underlying beliefs, or those beliefs that are unsupportive for what it is that you want to accomplish or embody or whatever it is your goal is you're not going to get there because you've still got to address the beliefs themselves and heal the beliefs and and the wounds and 
and all of that before you can actually step out of that. Yeah, and you know, th this comes down to like the you know the movie The Secret, which I think was was great. I mean, I think it opened our eyes a little bit to this idea that you know we do create our reality, but th that's why you don't see you know everybody that watched the movie driving in a Mercedes, <laughs> right? There's a, a missing piece there, right? Because yeah. it's just scraping the surface. It's addressing those positive affirmation type things. You know, we can all visualize things but ultimately until you actually do that work you good luck trying to get that mercedes <laughs> yeah. yeah and it has nothing yeah. to do with the mercedes but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah say movies like the secret and then i saw on your website bart you were talking about uh, what the bleep uh, do we know those are like those are like game changer movies in the sense that once once you see those going into the theaters uh, then it's almost like a symbol that that now the masses are just beginning to open up to the idea that there is such a thing as the mind and there is such a thing as thoughts and that those thoughts are not to be ignored. Mm -hmm. um, that that it's, it's very powerful. I find that when I look back at all traditional religions uh, all the way across the board around the world that that as long as theologies and religions just focus on the form, uh, here's the good things, you know, be a good little boy, good little girl, grow up, be a good man, a good woman, and do the right things, uh, then there's going to be this still kind of polarity of, of heaven and hell and good and good karma and bad karma and on and on. Whereas we, if you take it much deeper into the mind and you go into consciousness, then that's where you really have the key that, that can really release the mind and, and to come to know the true self. So for me, I like those movies, and I have used those movies in my gatherings, and there's so many of them. But I, I do feel that, that that's like a beginning point mm -hmm. to start to realize the power of the mind, and we all are about empowerment, um, mm -hmm. even manifesting and law of attraction and those things, the good part of them is that they show the power of the mind. Mm -hmm. uh, the ego can still try to jump on and make its own uh, world apart from truth and reality using that law of attraction, but, but the spirit is also using those movies and those manifestations to show us that, that our mind is very powerful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like everything comes out in perfect timing because the um, the secret came out. Was it the nineties, late nineties? No, I think it was, was like it? mid two thousands. Oh, like was that. it? I feel like it was earlier, but I just feel like everything, like where consciousness, where we are consciously as a planet, like these things get like dripped out. You know, like you said, the secret and stuff is kind of like, like a gateway, an entry, right? It's like starting to drip these ideas of the mind and, and the, the control and the ego. And then, you know, Bart and I've talked about how TV shows these days and movies have evolved so much with their different ideas, like Arrival. I don't know if you saw that movie. Yes. But yes. that was like all about the communication and like the time and time and space and being an illusion being. Yeah. And that, that was really fascinating. And, you know, if that came out 10 years ago, no one probably would have seen it. <laughs> It just wouldn't have resonated. And so it's really cool to see how consciousness 
human consciousness as a whole, as a community, it's starting to catch up with all these different concepts that we're starting to see more and more in mainstream media. And now, you know, we were talking before about technology, how it's so much easier for people like us to spread our message and share this information. I just think it's pretty cool because we're starting to see more and more people becoming more open and aware to these ideas. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it is fascinating to watch like the evolution on the big screen, because that, as we talk about the world, just a reflection of our mind and, uh, and, and not only with recent movies, but I found it's kind of fascinating as I am guided by the spirit to go back. Um, like there was a movie in 1929 that had a young, uh, Jimmy Stewart and, uh, Lionel Barrymore was in it. Um, but it was called You Can't Take It With You, black and white. And it was the most astounding movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then um, uh, I, I followed through through the black and white era. There was, uh, um, I think it was 1946, there was uh, uh, an amazing movie that was talking about, really based on the teachings of Ramana Maharshi. Uh, and, and then it was remade. Um, Later on, but I've watched how in the movies these ideas have been there, uh, even before I I would even imagine that they were there. Really, that, that they're, they've been there for the for decades and decades. And now the the movies uh, I have a thing called Movie Watchers Guide to Enlightenment where I use a lot of movies in the gatherings and retreats, and people go into mystical experiences when I'm giving the commentary during the movie. It's it's so profound for them. So it's, you know, it's becoming like another uh, pathway to God uh, yeah. because it's just so full and rich. I like that. And it's amazing how, um, you know, back then, like let's say that movie in 1929, when it was watched by that society, it didn't resonate that way. Maybe it was like a, we like the, using the idea of like an inception point. It was like that idea was kind of just dripped into consciousness. And then mm-hmm. now you're watching it, you know, decades later, and it resonates on a different level because you have a deeper level of understanding. It's like yeah. it's like the Course in Miracles. The first time I read it, I mean, it was super hard. I, I I could barely get through it. And then next time you read it, you get a little bit deeper and you get different insights. And then you read it again, and then it's like it has totally different meanings every time I read it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, that's a good testimony. It's really, it's our, it's our mind and how ready we are to let this drip in. <laughs> the truth is dripping in and and uh, we can see the same movies or read the same poems and, and go, oh my God, what, where, <laughs> I can't believe that this all, there's so much truth in this, but it's just our, our mind is ready. Mm-hmm. I love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, something that I wanted to uh, talk about too is um, like a practical application of forgiveness. I know you talk about forgiveness a lot and we, like as a society, we all kind of get an idea that forgiveness is something that, you know, you give to someone, you know, maybe it's, maybe it's a good thing to do, but I don't know if people really understand or grasp how this actually has a direct benefit in their own lives. You know, it's like we have an idea that we give it to someone else. Yeah, like they don't deserve my forgiveness. Why should I forgive them, you know? Yeah, so what what is the practical <laughs> benefit to our own lives? Yeah, well, I think the old way of thinking of forgiveness was uh, 
Actually, in the in the Song of Prayer, Jesus refers to it as forgiveness to destroy. <laughs> that's what, that's the phrase he uses for this old version that somebody's done something wrong to us, and we have to now pretend they're as innocent as as lilies and kind of just wash wash it whitewash the whole thing. Whereas true forgiveness is always a gift to ourself because really what it is is we're releasing the grievances, we're releasing the hurts, we're releasing the attack thoughts from our consciousness and freeing our mind to be as it was created to be, as mm -hmm. a perfect child of God. So The Course in Miracles has a very different take on forgiveness, where instead of forgiving somebody for what they did to us or forgiving some, somebody for what we, we thought they should have done for us but they didn't do for us, It's more, it's forgive your brother, forgive your sister for what they have not done. At, on the surface, it's like, well, I, I don't want to get into denial and just be, bury my head in the sand and pretend they didn't say what they said or do what they did. But it's starting to realize that, that again, we have been raised and conditioned with the belief that as a human being, we have a private mind with private thoughts And that there's this vast external world, even more vast than we thought, the more science is showing us how many billions of stars there are and more stars in the, in the, in the cosmos than there are grains of sand in all the oceans of the world. You know, that's bigger than any of us uh, were raised with. But it still seems to be vast and out there. And what the true practice of forgiveness shows that The thoughts that you think you think and the images you think you perceive are actually identical, that the world is not external to your mind and your consciousness, that literally you have to purify your heart, you have to purify all these thoughts and, and be transformed just to see that, that the world is one with you, that you're perceiving exactly what you believe. That the world is, the whole cosmos is a motion picture of beliefs. And as we clear those beliefs away, we forgive them, then we have a whole new perspective. Not that the cosmos is outside of us, but that we are one with everything. We are unified with everything. So I say it's, it's so practical because it's the ultimate of empowerment where you are no longer a victim of external forces. You're no longer at the mercy of a p period of time or, or of memories of what your parents did to you or didn't do that you feel they should have done. You, you are no longer at the mercy of the world. You actually see that the world is one with you and you are, are part of this unified, connected field, quantum field, if we use a scientific term. Mm -hmm. What an amazing concept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I think, you know, for a lot of people still, it's really hard to digest that, you know, because yeah. they're still stuck in the, like, my mind, somebody did this to me. Like, it's, it's, it, it's so, like, the, the thought that you just shared is, is beautiful. But I think, like, some people just, it's really hard for them to, to understand that. Well, and I think uh, when it comes to this kind of point, you know, we get glimpses of this. So 
as we practice this, you know, we our world begins to change very slowly. And I think, you know, especially studying the the Course in Miracles, after accepting that this is the way that things are, and you know, we or I've forgiven people or whatever, my world has actually changed a little bit, and then it changes a bit more. And we're then shown basically through experience that this is in fact the way that it works. Right. Yeah. And every time you do make that one small step for forgiveness, you feel more peace. Right. And then it allows you to like make the next step. Yeah. It's so, like it's, so it's an experience. It has mm-hmm. to be in a living experience because mm-hmm. it, it really, if we just thought of it as kind of an intellectual exercise, then it would still be within the realm of theologies and, and concepts mm-hmm. and what we're being drawn to is is experience, and so I think it's it's such an important point that you're raising, where it's not that you're trying to try to find some kind of intellectual understanding where you can finally just go, okay, uh, I'll, I'll 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 accept that. We have to feel our hearts open. We have to to have ex- lots of daily experiences that mm-hmm. that convince us over and over and over beyond a shadow of a doubt of how empowered we are and how expensive. But I would say that that's, for me, that's been the whole thing. I did not want uh, just some kind of a new theology or something to replace the old. I I wanted an actual experience. And we have to to be true to ourselves and hang in there until we have that full-blown experience. Yeah, and that's that's the whole idea of uh, you know enlightenment and uh, you know ex- an expanded consciousness. We we do have these ideas that it's like this weird thing that some people do, but I don't think that the world's really grasped the, this concept that this actually has practical applications. You know, you could still work in your factory, you can work at Google or whatever, you can go about your day and live your life. But in fact, your physical life, your physical reality around you is going to be exponentially better the, as you start practicing this. So this is very, very practical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I mean, at the same time, I, I feel like maybe I, I sounded a little negative when I'm saying like, I don't think people understand this yet. But I think like... Well, it's a big yeah. concept to digest. It is a big, con- it is, it is a big <laughs> concept, but it makes me like want to ask you another question of, you know, you've been in this, this line of work for 30 years, 30 yes. plus years. So mm-hmm. how have you witnessed the evolution of consciousness in, in, um, those around you, you know, in, in their ability to grasp these different concepts and embody and actually experience them? Yeah, I think. From the beginning, I had an awareness that that this wasn't something that I could go at in a partial kind of way. And uh, so I actually did the research trying to be open-minded. And so I kind of started to look into a lot of the lives of the mystics and saints and, and not just practice it for myself, but also allow myself to be inspired by people that uh, had actually lived with integrity, like even the the Mahatma Gandhis and, you know, the, the ones, uh, even in psychology, I studied humanistic psychology and and transpersonal psychology. I really wanted to, to meet people face to face and 
and get to know and really listen to them. So that helped me initially was traveling a lot and meeting a lot of people who were li living to me extraordinary lives. And I would sit there at their kitchen table or have breakfast or tea with them. And I would ask them all these questions like, well, how do you deal with this? And how do you deal with that? Because I was wanting to be practical. I have a very strong practicality that comes through me. And then when I stepped out of the whole loop of academia for 10 years, I didn't know what was going to come next because I wasn't stepping out of academia into a career. Uh, and I wasn't stepping into anything that I thought was known or solid. It was more of just stepping into follow the guidance, follow the trust the guidance and see where it takes you. And as I began that, I, I would have, I had the ability to hear Jesus in my mind, like we're having this conversation. Uh, I would have many conversations with Jesus and I would always take the stance from the world like, hey, listen, money doesn't grow on trees. Um, I have debts, student loans to pay. Hey, listen, I can't just walk outside and pull $100 bills off the trees. This is the way I would start off talking to Jesus. Like, you know, I don't know about where you live, but I'll tell you about where I live. And he was saying, oh, I, I live there too. <laughs> and uh, he would be very light with me, but he would always turn it around. He would say, like I would say, society is crazy. And he would say, yeah, well, you're not in society. Society's in you. And I'd be like, what? Whoa. And, then, and then I would say, but I got to have a career. And, you know, and he'd say, no, you don't have a career. The career is in you. He kept teaching me that everything was a thought and an idea in my mind and doing this flip mm -hmm. like every single time. No matter what I talk to him about, you know, I would say, I need a relationship. Listen, I need some intimacy. And maybe you think I should meditate, but I, I am not ready uh, for living in a cave. And I would have these talks and he would say, yes, you have every right to ask for freedom and happiness and intimacy. He would agree with me with everything I was asking for. And then he would point out how I had beliefs and definitions in linear time that I felt were necessary to fulfill those states of mind. And he would say, oh, you're, you're, it's right for you to ask for those states of mind, but the way you're going about it is completely upside down. Mm -hmm. And then he would give me guidance. He would say, here, go here. I've set up a job for you. Just go there to the interview. You'll get the job and we'll pay off those student loans. We'll will unwind you in a practical way. And then once we get you unwound from your debts and your doubts and your fears, then we have a bigger mission. We have a bigger mission for the whole planet that you. I need you for. I need you to speak. I need to speak through you and smile through you and laugh through you and hug through you. I've got a whole greater plan, but I, I will reach you right where you believe you are. So... That's the way these 30 plus years have gone. They've been very practical. I, I tell people don't try to skip steps and don't try to just, you know, say a few spiritual words and feel like that you've arrived. You know, you, mm -hmm. you have to go through lots of unwinding and dismantling 
of the ego before you can come into this fruit of, of who you really are. And, and I have witnessed, as I mentioned um, earlier when we were talking, that, that the community and the people that have come around me, uh, they have had to go through the same steps. They still have to face the same issues uh, that you would wherever you lived, whether you're in a community or not, you still have to face the darkness and you have to face these issues in a very practical way. But we have to live with integrity. We have to say what we mean, mean what we say, and and have that honesty and integrity at the core. Mm-hmm. So I could write volumes of books on on all those experiences, how they played out in form. And I do like to talk about them a lot in my retreats and and uh, talks because they're, to me, they're very practical and they're very important. Yeah, I think it's important for people to hear that stuff because for people to hear that, oh, wait, you struggled with debt and being jobless for a while and all these things that people are still struggling with. I think it just helps them make that connection like, okay, I'm not doing so bad. <laughs> I can do this yeah. too. <laughs> yeah, I struggled with the, the same thing. And mm-hmm. this idea that, you know, if I followed spirituality in any way, shape or form, that I was going to end up in a cave, like you mentioned. <laughs> and like that, that, was a, that was a thing for me. You know, I didn't want to go down this path because I just had these preconceived ideas of what being spiritual was and that I was going to have to deal with all this other stuff that I just, I just didn't want. You know, I wanted a life. I wanted a partner. I wanted, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like a regular human life. But if, um, as I've kind of gone down this path, it, it, like those beliefs have essentially just dissipated that, you, you know, you can have all these things and you don't have to live on a mountain meditating. Yeah. Yes. mantras all day. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. good news for a lot of listeners. <laughs> There's a lot of people smiling. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you can have a spiritual life anywhere. It's just a matter of shifting your perspective on things. And then that allows you to shift your beliefs around things and then your thoughts. And then from there, your life can transform. So it's not necessary that you have to do anything different. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes and no. <laughs> yes and no. And I mean, at the end of the day, it's uh, that joy, that happiness that flows through you when you follow that, that path. I mean, that that witness itself is just such a catalyst to keep going, you Mm -hmm. know, and I just I love that. And hearing these stories is just so important, you know, for me, because even still, you know, my mind chatters and I I still I still question myself, like, what the hell have we done? You know, we (laughs) we sold everything and we're doing what? (laughs) Got a podcast? (laughs) Come on. Uh, Yeah, well, it's great. I, I enjoy. I, I clicked on one of your uh, blog entries too. I think it was about vegetarianism and going vegan, and mm-hmm. I could certainly relate. I, I mean, through the evolution of these last thirty plus years, there's been so many things that I think it's helpful to share with people about the phases we go through, and mm-hmm. we're all just trying to do the best that we can based on where our level of awareness is, and we go through many, many different phases. And it's all part of a purification of starting to realize that that our mind is where the causation is and that all of us, just the definition of coming to this world is the belief in external causes. Mm -hmm. You know, we we put it off on our parents, we put it off on our cultures, 
our societies, uh, the conditions, the time that we were born in. And, you know, the whole story is a, is a projection of causation to being external to us. And then however it, it plays out to show us that the inner and the outer are the same, um, that it's not a, a subject-object split. It seems like human beings are the subjects and the cosmos around them and the other people are the objects, but that's an artificial split in consciousness and that's the greatest gift that the sages and the mystics could have given us is, is writings to say it's not so. Mm -hmm. uh, and and don't give up when it gets dark and it gets black and and if you feel like you want to die because there's actually a healing that's occurring and and it's inevitable you will return to the source you will know that holistic experience even as you perceive the world you will perceive a holistic world uh, that before you return to nirvana or heaven, you're going to find the closest thing to heaven on earth is a is a unified perception of the world. So there's not a separation between us anymore. So that's very optimistic, very uh, uplifting. But as soon as we have these experiences, we get glimpses of oh, it's it's happening. Oh, and there's just so much hope and peace in that. You know, just hearing that message because. I think so many people in the world right now are just are living this uh, this struggle, right? On a day to day, you know, everything's just so heavy. Mm -hmm. And when you hear these these kinds of stories, it just it changes something. It's like that hope that kind of starts beginning beginning to to drive you. Like when you know my life was falling apart after my divorce, or during my divorce, I should say. Um, you know, I found that hope in messages of the course, and it was these messages that we're talking about here you know, that it was going to be okay. And then that just kind of kept me going. And then sure enough, the more I let go, the less I struggled, the more I let go, the less I struggled. And then I was guided. Like there were, there's so many scenarios, so many uh, situations that I found myself in that I was like, I have no idea how I'm going to get out of this. And sure enough, it was like easy as pie. <laughs> so people need to hear these messages. I think it's so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We've talked about how, you know, the world is in such an interesting state right now. You know, you see areas where there's a lot of light coming in, where there's a lot of love and joy and people are are connecting deeper with themselves and dropping the, the ego. But then you also see, you know, the fear in the world right now. And so what do you think is like the perfect message for the planet right now for everybody for humanity what's kind of like one thing that you think could be <clears throat> like the seed <laughs> yeah well i i say have faith and and don't lose hope with the process um it took me about 40 years before i realized that my last name was a german name and and meister i knew meant master but but the half with two Fs meant hope. So, oh <laughs> my years, God, that's so cool. Old, I, I realized that I was the master of hope. I was like, whoa. <laughs> so Mind blown. Right. Named after David in the Bible. And then the master of hope was my last name. I was like, oh my gosh. But, <laughs> but to keep hope is to to keep the faith for the healing, you know, to, to keep coming back and be gently reminded um, that that everything is working out for the good. 
that that it's not to rush in with some kind of judgment or conclusion, but just to leave it open, leave things open and say, Spirit, you're going to have to show me because there's a lot of seeming polarities, like you mentioned, Holly, and and spots and shimmers of light and then really dark things that seem to be there. And I really feel like it's all just part of a, a greater plan for purification mm-hmm. uh, of consciousness. And so I'm always being very hopeful and and extending that contentment of just staying in the moment. Don't Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't try to fill your whole life with all these plans when there's so much to be revealed. And when we just stay content in the moment and open, then this the spirit does its thing. It works through us. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. That just reminded me of like reflecting back on my own journey. And, you know, now when I look back and I think about, okay, so before I went through this period of being totally unconscious of my wounds, my shadow side, and the unsupported beliefs. And then you go through the phase when, well, I went through the phase of like being really depressed, feeling like I wasn't worthy, unlovable. So everything came up to the surface, kind of like what's happening now. But it comes up for like exactly what you said, that purification process. It comes up to be purified. So it can be transformed, transmuted, and released into the universe. So I like how you said that because, yeah, that's a really great way to look at it that, you know, it is bring come, it is being brought up. So we all can, as humanity, transform and then move into more love, more light, more joy. Because you can't, yeah. like, fix the problem if you don't know what the problem is, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great that's way to it. put it. I like I like what you shared there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> I think that will give a lot of people hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, and the more that we step back, the faster we can go through that process, right? So yeah. if we try to hang on for dear life, then you can slow it down, but it, the, the release is actually in just letting go and allowing trust and faith and all these things to to work through you so it's a stepping back mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's it that's, that's the value that's the value of having that experience and then saying i'm, I'm going to keep stepping back i'm not going to try to drive have my hands on the wheel i'm going to be more of the the passenger more the observer and uh and then things come pouring through us in such a, a rapid way when we're out of out of trying to control it that's the key yeah it can be really scary at first but oh yeah (laughs) but it's those baby steps right (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah. i love it so david i know you have a lot of like online courses and retreats that you you do do you have anything that's upcoming that we can share with our listeners and um and how do they find you? yeah so they can connect with you and yeah i think if they just go to living miracles Dot org, then you can go to the Circle of Support or Coming Events page. And uh, right after this podcast airs, uh, I have a, a retreat coming up on the Friday the 26th through uh, Sunday the 28th that will be in English and Portuguese. So it's kind of a, a global mm-hmm. online retreat. So we'll have music and people can ask questions. It's, you know, the old Brady Bunch that, where you have all the, <laughs> the different... <laughs> faces uh, all lined up on together uh, then we can go into the experience together and then 
after that, the following week in the first week of February, I'll be back down in Mexico. And uh, from like around the 2nd of February till about the 8th, um, just about in different places in South Central Mexico doing uh, a, a retreat of with about maybe 50 people that are coming from all over where we're just going to blend in with the culture, the environment, be outdoors, on a boat, on the lake, uh, going to the mall, be together and talk through issues that people are are facing and uh, what practical steps can we have to help clear the mind. So those are coming up. And there is a Course in Miracles uh, national conference in San Francisco. Uh, it's coming up in, in February, too. So that's on the coming events page, too, at the Holiday Inn in San Francisco. That's always a, an interesting time to come together with course students, teachers. I love it. And that mm -hmm. website, again, for our listeners is livingmiracles.org. Yeah, there will be a link. To there will be. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So, David, we just wanted to say thank you so, so much for being here with us. We appreciate mm -hmm. you and everything you do. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yes. this has been really great. So grateful for you spreading hope into the world. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's my namesake, so I'll keep keep on doing that. And I will... Remember that you're in Mallorca because that, as I mentioned, that is a place where I've done these long four to six week uh, retreats and it would be delightful to to come there. I've even taken people on excursions down to Cave of Drac and, mm, you know, beautiful. all the different places. I like to get out in nature among the the lakes and the, the mountains and everything and old monasteries I find or churches to do some gatherings outdoors so we'll mm -hmm. keep that in mind that yeah could no question very well come to fruition that would be amazing <laughs> we would love to have you back on mallorca oh beautiful beautiful <laughs> well thank you so much thank you so david <laughs> yes and uh, thank you to all our listeners as well yeah. we appreciate you guys tuning in and if you haven't done so already please make sure to subscribe and we'll see you next time Thank you for listening to the Spirit Ninja Spiritualist Podcast. Make sure to tune in next time for more deep conversations to uplift, inspire, and blow your mind. Spiritualist.